Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, guys, and welcome back to another fun-filled Saturday episode here at the Sacred Icon Podcast, you dig? We're going to have a pretty fun episode this week. We got some uh, current games to dish on that we've been playing or have beaten, if you're Brian, because I don't beat games, and uh, then we're going to talk some just games in general. So this is going to be a pretty cool uh, little episode all across the board, a little smorgasbord of games, if you will. So I'm Joshy, that's Brian. Brian, what's up? How's your Saturday morning going, buddy? It's pretty good. I'm well rested. I'm well rested, actually. I uh, nice. fell asleep. Did you get like a XP screen in Oblivion. Uh, yeah, I fell asleep at like eight o'clock last night watching Erica play Portal Two, and I always feel bad when I fall asleep watching her play a game because she's always when she turns around and sees I'm asleep, she's always sad because she knows she's oh, really? alone now for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah, but but I fall asleep a lot. I mean, I, I'm already a napper, but then now I work. I get up for my shift at three thirty in the morning, so now I really by the time it hits eight the next day, mm-hmm. or, well, I guess it's the same day. I'm really tired, but um, how's she liking yeah, Portal Two? She loves it. She loves it. She actually likes Portal Two much more than Portal One. She played Portal One first. Is there a big difference? Uh, I've never played them. Well, it's weird. Um, she had a lot of problems with Portal One, but it wasn't figuring out the puzzles. It was aiming. Like she would jump into a portal. Like she tried to jump down into a portal and miss it. Oh, she I forgot. The, she doesn't like first person stuff, right? She doesn't like she, first she's person. She's third yeah. person. She just couldn't aim for crap because like there's there's some puzzles in Portal yeah. where you have to like. Shoot a portal, shoot a portal, jump down into a portal, and then when you come out the portal, shoot a portal somewhere else, and then land into that one. And she just couldn't do it because a lot of it was timing, a lot of timing and aiming. And but the interesting thing is, because um, she ended up having to have me do several of the things in Portal One because, and she, <laughs> I'd pick up the controller and I'd shoot the portals, and I'd I'd go through them like nothing, and she'd look at me like, "How do you do that? Like I have a superpower or something?" It's like. It's just like Luigi from the Mario Bros. 1993. He's like, I've been sitting on my butt playing video games for years. I've been training for this. And it's like, I, I'm good at first-person. Well, in You're the sense that I... Yeah, I, I'm good at first-person shooters in the sense that like I'm experienced with aiming with them. But uh, but you get to Portal 2, and she doesn't have that problem anymore. So I wonder if Portal 1 just has weird aiming. Um, mm. Because, I mean, Portal 1 was more of a... It wasn't an indie game, but it was like close. It was almost you like a... You reckon she's a, just maybe acclimated to it? I don't. I don't know. She says it's a lot easier in Portal Two. She's been playing the whole Portal Two herself without any help. She's gotten really. You know what? Far. Like the general consensus is on those games because I'm so out of the loop. Uh, on I'm pretty sure they're seen as legendary games. Legendary. I know the first I, one was. I didn't know about the second. I one. think. I think Portal Two is on like top hundred games of all time lists, 
It kind of had uh, that same effect for the second portal had that same effect for me that like Mirror's Edge did where the first one comes out and so many people talk about it and it's praised. So I hear about it, but I've never like played it outside of like a demo. And then the second one comes out and I don't really hear anything. But that's just my yeah. I think the second one. Well, interesting. The first one, the first one you can beat in like a three hour sitting, and it's very replayable. So the first one's got this like arcadey, replayable, like classic feel. The second one is a long, drawn out 15, 20 hour game with a deep, with a kind of deep story. Um, It also Portal Two wraps it into like the Half Life series. They take place in the same world. I don't know if you knew that, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I remember that. That's I. I think I tried it briefly on the orange box, but I, I was like, not for me. Yeah, not for I, me I personally. So I, yeah, it's I not, not it for everybody. Um, but uh, I think there's someone, and if they're listening, then they'll be like, oh, it's me. I'm pretty sure there's someone in our Discord or me. Com- community that their favorite game of all time is Portal Two. I'm oh, that's sure. neat. No, it's neat. Um, what got her make? What made her want to play it? Well, she really likes puzzle games. Like she, she's downloaded like mobile games on her phone that are puzzle. She downloaded some Switch games that are puzzle and. She saw the Portal 1 and 2 were gone sale for something super cheap on Switch, and she's like, do you think I'd like these? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think you'd love them. But I was like, but I, I do have them on Xbox already if you want to try them there. And uh, But then we got we – got, there was a miscommunication because she bought them on Switch for herself, mm-hmm. but she thought we were going to play them on Xbox together, switching off. And I brought my Xbox downstairs, and we started playing Portal, and it ended up just being – I pretty much said, like, I'm just going to watch you play because – I was like, well, the thing is, is like, first of all, I beat them both, and then two, like, uh, the whole point of Portal is like figuring out the puzzles. So it's like, if I just keep doing puzzles for you, it just seems to kind of hurt the experience. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just yeah, I get that. I'll just watch you. So she, she's not watching them, and she's like, well, I could have just played these on my Switch. And I was like, oh, well, okay, I, I didn't realize how you wanted to do this together. <laughs> yeah, I bet you could have. <laughs> Screw me. No, but um, but yeah. So uh, yeah, she's been really enjoying Portal. I mean, Josh, I don't know if you know, like the the I mean. Obviously, really good gameplay, really good puzzles, but like, I think the main thing Portal's known for is just like it has a lot of humor and charm. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, one one of the characters in the second game, one of the main characters, is played by J.K. Simmons, and he's basically he's basically uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the game. Oh, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Like, he, that like again? yeah, he's That's basically cool. like he makes jokes in the game about how like you know we're doing a science experiment, and if you if you happen to get any uh, lumps in your throat or any kind of cancers, well. We'll make sure to remove them. You know, like you know, it's like you're going into this experience, this 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 like trial, and like he's not comforting you that you might, you know, you're gonna be fine. He's like, no, you might get screwed up pretty bad. He's like, just yesterday I was watching Erica play, and he was like, uh, this trial you, you may become disassembled, but if you just wait around, we'll make sure to reassemble you in time. And it's like J, it's like J Jonah Jameson voice the whole time. And it's that's pretty cool. pretty cool. Didn't the first one have something about a, the cake being a lie? I remember that being yeah, that was a the whole thing. For like well, 10 yeah, years. I mean, the whole kind of like, I mean, and you'd get the humor a lot better if you played it. I'm not saying you should play it because it probably isn't your game. But um, uh, the whole thing is when you start Portal 1, you're you're just going through these test chambers and you have a portal gun and it's like, use this portal gun that shoots one blue portal and one orange portal. Use this portal gun to find a way out of this room. That's basically how it goes. Right. And the whole time you're playing, there's this AI that's talking to you. And the AI is humorous and a little, mm-hmm. um, a little devious. And our AI's name's GLaDOS, and uh, she's prom- uh, GLaDOS, she eventually, yeah. as you go through, she's promising you once you get to the end, there's going to be a party and there's going to be a cake. And as you get further along, you know, I might as well spoil it since it's been out forever and you're not going to play it. Uh, as you get further along, you get you get to the final test. Like I said, the first game's like three hours long. There's like 19 tests. You get to the final test, and then she starts. She puts you on this platform that's barreling towards a pit of fire. 
to kill you. Because the point is, like, she lets she has you do all the tests for her, and then she's going to kill you. Well, then you have to, like, escape. And then the back part of the game is, like, escaping behind the scenes through the facility, trying to get away from her because she tried to kill you. And you find, like, scribblings of, of people that have tested there before, saying, like, the cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. The uh. cake is a lie. Um, and then you finally, you get to the end of the game, you get to her central processing unit, like GLaDOS herself, and there's a little boss fight with puzzles, and you kill her, and that's how the game ends. But then once you kill her, the game, like, zooms way deep underground the facility, and it shows you this room with the cake that has three <laughs> candles lit, and so there's, a, there's actually a cake. And then, and this was kind of mind-blowing in 2007, then when you beat the game, uh, GLaDOS starts singing, and there's a full song sung in the credits by GLaDOS called Still Alive, and she's basically uh, mocking that. you. I think yeah, that was playable in a Rock Band game, as DLC, because yeah, I'm pretty was. sure I had that. Yeah, she's basically mocking you that she's still alive, that you didn't actually kill her, and then... Sure enough, I think it was four years later they come out with the sequel, and yeah, she's alive, and it's crazy because like in Portal Two, like they introduce other characters, but like you find Glados again, and she gets disassembled, and you reassemble her into a literal potato. Because I don't know if you've ever seen like science experiments, they'll like do like electro uh, experiments with like conducting electricity through a potato. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up you end up getting Glados, this huge AI robot from the first game. You end up getting her contained on a potato. And you play through the game with a potato sticking off of your portal gun, and she, her AI is in the potato. It's, it's, the humor is whack, dude. It's crazy. Hmm. It's funny, but it's they're really good games. Just for me, the first one's actually really replayable because it's like a three-hour puzzle experience. The second one being a fifteen-hour like story-driven game. Oh, much just, longer. Yeah, it's like fifty. Wow. It's like, yeah, it's like playing um like Resident Evil Four. It's like the just it's like the length of that, okay. which we're gonna talk about. Um, but, uh, it's just, it's not very replayable to me because it's like, I've already done the puzzles and I know the story. Um, there's not like, you know, there's not that like fun of just, you know, like the 30 seconds of fun of like Halo. Yeah. You just, oh, like I can replay this game forever and ever because there's all these different combo combat scenarios where I kill these aliens and I drive this warthog, you know, portal is just, you know, you're solving the same puzzles every time you replay it. I can so, see how that's fun though for certain yeah. people. I mean, I, part of the, uh, Uncharted games that I really love is, is the puzzle solving, but that's a whole yeah. different kind. So yeah, that's pretty cool though. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so, so we're playing through, uh, so we meet portal one, playing through portal two. Um, and then I, well, Josh, let's go, let's go back and forth though. What are you playing right now? What are you playing? Right I am playing Jedi fallen order. It just came out yesterday. Jedi survivor. You mean? Uh, yep. I keep getting that. I dude, I've gotten that mixed up so many times. Actually, it's I have so two. funny. I don't Jedi like survivor it. just doesn't stick to me as a title. It doesn't. Well, the thing is like, very good. Fallen Order sounds like a subtitle. Survivor sounds like it's part of the title. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's perfectly said. But yeah, that's what I'm playing that just came out yesterday as of this recording. So I probably got maybe like two hours. I mean, I'm still pretty much in the first initial. You start out on Coruscant. I won't spoil the rest of the story, but you start out on Coruscant. And uh, a couple years have passed with Cal, so that's really cool to see. Um, I went... For you guys listening, I went completely in the dark with this game. Um, first game I've done that with in probably like 20 years. So any uh, aside from the initial trailer, I haven't watched anything on it. Um, no gameplay footage. Uh, I try to stay away from any like reveal announcements. Even just you know, I I heard there was a photo mode, and my brain was like spoiler, <laughs> but it's not really. Yeah. You know, I love photo mode. So uh, messing around with that, the photo mode is really fun, but it's weird, Brian. So like, I don't know how often you mess with photo mode in games, but like. 
a lot of them is typically like, oh, you press like up or down on a D-pad or you click the thumbsticks or something like that. You know, it's, it's real simple to sort of like put it in photo mode. But in Jedi Survivor, you have to pause the game and then there is a button prompt to take you into photo mode. So I have, it's like, I'll be in the middle of action, like combat, and I'll want to get a photo, but I have to pause the game, then press like Y, and then yeah. it takes me to photo. It feels weird, really counterintuitive. Maybe they'll patch that, but probably not. Yeah, unless there's something I'm missing that, you know, maybe someone will point out, yeah. hopefully. But uh, so the no, game yeah, itself no spoilers, is like, tell us your, yeah, tell us um, your impressions of it. it. It's fun so far. It's got a banger opening. Super banger opening with the story. And the, the it feels a little weird running around as Cal. Like, it's a little janky uh, compared to what I'm used to. Like, it feels a little bit different than Fallen Order. But uh, it's also been three years. Or like, I, I, mean, I didn't think the first one was janky, but is it, like, more janky than the first one? Or? No, I don't... I don't. Like, in a way, yes, but it's, it's just more... It's like the game clearly wants you to run. You know, like how in some games you move the thumbstick a little, he'll walk, like your character will walk. Yeah. He does, but like it's very touch sensitive. So, like, he just okay. sprints around and um, there's also like new controls and stuff like that versus the old ones. But the one thing I do like about this game so far is that they don't do what most games do. So, like, with Cal, you be- basically build up all your powers in Fallen Order. You know, by the end of the game, you're almost I've maxed out. You get into Jedi Survivor. And he's pretty much at that point. There's no resetting or some narrative that's taking away your skills and you got to start from scratch again. And they're just kind of building up on that tier, that plateau, and taking you further. So that's been really nice. Um, I like what I've seen of, like, the expansion of force powers in terms of unlockables. It's really cool, dude. Like, not just ponchos now. I'm seeing hilts. There's all these little collectibles. Though it's Um, weird that they've they've made it. Like, the first game got criticism for, like, just being constant ponchos. But I've heard that, like, some crazy number, like 70% of the optional treasure chests in this game and Survivor are just different hair beard styles, which is like kind I of a different version. I believe yeah, it. It's, kind of it's almost like the same same issue repeating, you know, yeah. like, but with a different face, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, the first game had like options to change BD's like skin color, you know, like, yeah. I mean, you know, he's a droid, but you know what I mean. And then like the ship color, which never really mattered outside of cutscenes, and but then ponchos. But from what I heard, Stuff like the ponchos, where all the collectible stuff was tacked on, like last minute. That was one of the last things they did. But um, but then there's also stuff you can pick up to sell to vendors and stuff. So I'm excited to see where that goes, what the options are for that. Um, There's also this really nice recap opening for the game. Like before you even get into the main menu, like it has this whole recap of all the events of the first game and stuff like that. So beautiful visuals. I mean, this when I, this is this feels like one of the first games outside of like Raggy Rock that I've personally played where I'm like, man, I feel like I'm actually in the next gen era. Like I'm playing this and I'm like, man, we should not have gotten these consoles until 2023. Now, is you this know? on PS4 and Xbox One? I don't think it is. I really? might, okay, I wasn't sure. I'm kind of curious. I'll check on the Xbox store while I'm talking because yeah. I'm actually looking at it. But um Right now, I mean, the gameplay is fantastic. I think it feels smooth as butter. I mean, you you have the option right away to start with the single blade or the double bladed lightsaber, and I love that. And it's as simple as just switching left to right on the D pad, and you can yeah. you can even tweak that to your liking. Um, and you get a you get a companion fairly early on that's with you. And I knew that that was like a thing, but I also wasn't clear exactly how much that was going to like work into the game so that's been pretty neat um because that just wasn't a thing before so like there's parts where i'm asking this person like hey can you fly up here with your jetpack and get me this rope to come down you know or, yeah. or twist this like billboard so i can run alongside it and stuff like that and in the meantime they have a lot of um 
a lot of conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, I do not see an option for probably just next gen. Yeah, it it could. But then again, that just seems like they would be able to sell as many copies as they want that way. Right. I mean, yeah, that is kind of surprising to see that. I, I didn't really pay attention to that prior, but huh. But anyway, um, overall, I'm really liking it. Um, I can't wait to see where the story goes because I feel like the first one was a super thorough experience, man. So it seems to be that most reviewers have stated it's better than Fallen Order. Like it's a step up. I've heard it gets lost a little bit in like the expansiveness of it. That's the only real criticism I've heard outside of the current performance issues, but. You know, I've I don't really they, need to talk about that because I mean, people listening to this know. episode a year from now won't have that issue. So, I've heard that uh, it does a really good job of like making the soul experience about the character himself. Like it's it focuses in on your character. Like it's really fleshing him out as more so than like other Star Wars games where it's been like you're this character, but in, you're in this larger world where it's more about the Star Wars world than the character. Yeah. I've read that it that they they're doing their job more to make like Cal Kestis a character that is important and notable in the Star Wars universe like a maybe not to the extent of Luke Skywalker but like like a Luke or a Rey or you know that's good whereas like you know I know it's not canon anymore but I think like the Force Unleashed guy or other games or or even even KOTOR sadly like those main characters don't hold up in in the legacy of like importance in Star Wars I mean I guess Revan does but he's really the only one out of well he does but he's not canon right or is he canon no he's not he's not well yeah yeah, yeah, it's, maybe yes, it's, it's no, a convoluted. It's kinda, yeah, like in the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary, his name is mentioned. So I mean, it depends on how you look at it. But yeah, but yeah, that's a that's very vague. I know but culturally it, he's very important. I'm right, aware but I know what it. you're getting at. I know what you're getting at. But it seems like it so far. I mean, I really like it. It especially playing on this Coruscant section. It really feels like they took inspiration from 1313. You know, I just I see that. I mean, I would be stoked to see Coruscant in a video game again. So that's kind of it. Cool. Looks yeah. I don't want to give too many specifics on air, but like there was a really like the first opening shot. You see something yeah. important, and it was I was like, oh wow, yeah. And you get to see Cal kind of react, but um, that was really cool and. I don't know, man. I'm j- I think I'm just like it feels really good to play this again after three years because I've I've constantly thought about replaying, um, Fallen Order. But I, I also I don't think I'm the kind of person that can play two franchise games in a row unless it's something that's like shorter, like Halo. You like, experienced I can jump it from, rough like, with with God of War. Yeah, I think that's that made me realize like I can't I can't keep my enthusiasm for that long because I want to try so much different stuff. But uh, dude, Fallen Order, yeah, it's fun. Uh, do you think you'll ever play it down the road since you played the first one? Um, I'm not saying it's impossible. I don't think for those of you that don't know, I'm not. I wasn't really a big fan of the first game. I th- I, I thought it was a good game. He was uh, initially excited though, at least. So you he played. I was very it, excited because I was like, yeah. "Wow, like good AAA single player Star Wars contemporary experience." Uh, I got Fallen Order. I played through the whole game, beat it. I wouldn't say I didn't have a good time because I mean I had a good time. Um, it just didn't really resonate with me. Didn't didn't leave a lasting impression on me. I was one of those people who thought the main character was kind of bland, which I know they've done a lot to rectify in the sequel. If you guys are um, a part of the Discord community, man, it's it's pretty hilarious. The, the distinction that, that Brian gets like you Brian's known for for hating Cal Kestis and, and Roland oh, well, I'm trying to yeah well I'm trying to not be a buzzkill at this time for like an ex- you're not though exciting, you're doing great with yeah. that and I appreciate it's, that too it's an exciting time for people and and at least it's like at least it's like it's not like I'm actually sitting here thinking like oh it's a it's a bad game I can't believe you right. guys like it I'm like no it's a good game I can see why you guys like it I think it's just for me. It was it was two big things with the first game. One, it was I couldn't I couldn't relate or attach myself to the main character at all. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was a little put off 
by the fact that, to me, the game felt like a cobbling of other popular games, which I think even people who like it agree with. It's very much like, here's some Dark Souls, here's some Uncharted, here's some maybe, I don't know, Assassin's Creed-ish you know, kind of stuff. Uh, and I think the sequel carries that forward, which is fine. I mean, those are good influences. Um, like I've said before in the Discord, if I had to rank the first game objectively and be fair, I'd probably say it's like a, a very solid, ex- extremely solid 8 out of 10. Uh, this one seems to be better. Um, I feel like I said, I heard Cal Kestis is, is better developed. I will say, like, it's interesting. Um, it might be something to do, too, with the Uncanny Valley effect of motion capture because when... Is it what's his name again? The Cameron something, Cameron the guy Monaghan. who plays Cameron Monaghan, Dominic Monaghan's brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I think about that every time. When Cameron came out on stage at the Game Awards in the flesh, I was like, in the flesh. Yeah, like not video game version. Uh, I thought, oh, he seems kind of cool. And then when I watched the awesome live action tra- um, commercial that Josh showed me with Mark Hamill and him, so neat. I thought, wow, he seems like he has he seems like a cool guy there too. Like Cameron in person kind of seems cool, but it just hasn't translated to me, at least through the first game. It didn't translate to his character in the game to me. Um, but uh but yeah, so as far as playing this one goes, um I would say I have no intent to buy it and I have no intent to play it anytime soon, mm-hmm. but a combination of you know you know, it could be like three years from now, and I'm like, dude, you see, do you, Josh would be like, dude, you see Survivor's like $13 on the Xbox sale or something? I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know what? I'll pick that up. I'll play it. And then you guys will be hearing from me like, oh, you know, yeah, this is better or whatever. So I do think you'll yeah. like it at yeah. least if, if you do ever play because it clearly feels like a huge, like a AAA uh, yeah. product with heavy story emphasis, yeah. which is exactly what we, what we prefer. And yeah, it wasn't a bad experience by any means, for sure. With how much they've got with him motion captured in the game and stuff, I I feel like the day will come eventually down the line when we'll see him cross over into live action some way. But I don't yeah. think that'll happen at all until they're the done with done. this series. Like, if we get another game at least, which I think that's going to happen. Well, dude, you know it'd be really cool now that you mentioned, and I, I saw it from reviews too, but now that you mentioned that like this game starts off with you having all the powers of the first game and building right. upon it, would be really cool is if they pull a Return of the Jedi for the third game where like, He's got all the powers from the first. The second time has gone on. He's increasing in skill, and now when you start the third game, he's very much more like Jedi Master. Like, sure, we've come we've come with this character this far. Third game, he's like a complete. And even though he's already a badass, like he's a complete badass. And yeah. like the third one, that'd be it's interesting because the first game he feels like almost like a, a scruffy scrapper teenager. You know, like he's clean, yeah. he's clean shaven and everything, but he still looks really young and everything, and he's. He's kind of a, a fish out of water on Bracca. I mean, he doesn't appear that way, but we all know that he's a Jedi and he's just trying to be somebody yeah. he's not. In this game, like when it opens up, he's got a he's got a beard, you know, fully grown beard. He's you know a little shaggy and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, time has really passed, you know, for him. Yeah. So, but yeah, overall, so far, I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm gonna love it. Um, I just gotta get used to it. it like I said, it, it's like one of those things where. It's like going from Halo 2 to Halo 3. It's like it, it plays the same way. You you, you know, you the muscle memory works and everything, but the movements have been different. Certain yeah. aspects of it are changed a bit. So, but uh, yeah, dude, I think it's awesome. I feel bad for people on PC. I, I, one of my friends on Facebook said he, tr- yeah, he tried to boot it up and it just crashed. 
Like, you couldn't really play it at all. I don't know. Man, developers have such a hard time getting PC right. PC, I, I think yeah, it's because but, I think it's cause they developed these games from the from the roots for console, and then when they try to take it from console to PC, it just introduces all these problems. Uh, but, yeah. But, no, I, overall, dude, uh, really, really fun game so far. I'm, I'm glad to see... Uh, Star Wars having its time in the sun, especially in the Our Discord's becoming, like, we've been through this already, like, we you know, we were saying, like, you know, we were Halo Discord, and then it was very much a Mario Discord, because of the Mario movie, and lately it seems like a Star Wars Discord. Well, especially after me being in the minority of being the only person, or one of the only people who enjoyed Mando Season 3, it's nice to see some positivity yeah. uh, balance out with this game, so uh, I'm happy to see it. But what about you, man? Over to you, what have you been playing? Uh, we just talked about this the other day. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, other fun. than playing portal with erica or watching erica play portal um back when i had erica on to talk to me about uh the things we were playing we were playing resident evil 4 the remake resident uh, we were, evil 4 we were pretty early in it um but now not only have we both beat it but i restarted it and played it from start to finish again uh by myself so kind of uh that says a lot about how much i enjoyed the game if i can sit and play it two times in a row because i usually don't do that for games. I do that for Halo, but uh, they really did an awesome job with the Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, I, t- I think you would love it, Josh. If the day ever comes, you play that. Maybe you get it on a sale. Well, um, I don't know if you're like me, man. Because uh, are you? Are you? Because I know you sometimes do this depending on the games, and you'll sometimes do this with movies. So I think we're both similar. But like, when I come out of a movie, for example, uh, I can't. Like, I'll have an opinion on it, but I can't really like decide where I like fully sit on it. But after a day where I've thought about it more or I like I'll rewatch it again, you know, or something like that, then yeah. it starts to like solidify. I have to get yeah. like time and a second experience. Is that kind of how you are with that stuff? Playing a game a second time, you know, because uh, yeah. you, you rewatch I mean, stuff a lot, you replace stuff. So. Well, yeah, because in, in, and we're going to, you know, we're going to have our um, in a couple weeks, we'll have another episode up of my top 50 games list. And uh, you'll see that if you guys listen to the first episode of the top 50 games list, I put um, top 50. I put Resident Evil 4 OG in there in the bottom 10, and I told Josh on that episode, I was like, you know, I played 1 and 2 and 3, and none of them just resonated the same way as 4 did, and I even say to you on that episode, I'm like, I'm playing 4 Remake right now, and it's not really hitting like 4 Original did. Mm -hmm. I was only like 5, 6 hours into the game at that point, and now I'm currently, so I've beat Resident Evil 4 Remake twice, I'm currently replaying Resident Evil 4 Original right now, and I'm like... I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, do I like the remake more than than the original? Like, <laughs> that seems like heresy. You but question maybe. that like it's yeah, it's like it's heresy. Like, it's, you know, it's also very early, and like you know, me and Josh always say, like, even for myself, if I say that I like Resident Evil Four Remake better now, I'm not going to really trust my own opinion until six months or, lo- or yeah. longer because I, it's the hype of it. But I like, just I just watched the original Dumbo, and then I watched the Disney live action, and I was like. Yeah. I think I like the Disney live action more, and I'm like, am I supposed? Is that okay? You know, yeah. I was like, well, you don't have much attachment <laughs> to the myself. original Dumbo. No, so. no, that's yeah. true. But I mean, just going, it, it feels wrong to like the, yeah. the reimagined version. It's like heresy, know? yeah. I mean, exactly. I don't count FF7 remake because that was your and I's first experience into that world. Yeah. So that's kind of where we started. But yeah, but continue, yeah. continue. Um, but no, like the Resident Evil 4 remake, it changes. It makes the whole tone of the game darker, for like more like re- regular Resident Evil. And it streamlines the combat. Obviously, the graphics are way better. And it streamlines the story. Um, but it's, it's interesting because, like, I feel like this is one of the situations where the original Resident Evil 4 and the remake both need to coexist and be experienced going forward. Because they both have so many pros and cons over each over the other one. 
that just doesn't feel like a replacement. You know, like I played Shadow of the Colossus on the PS4, and it was a remake, but it's essentially the same game. It's just newer, so it's like easier to just play that one only. But Resident Evil 4, um, you know, there's there's boss fights cut out of the new one. There's there's encounters cut out of the new one. Have people have fans complained about that? Or are they pretty happy? Not really. Like the universal opinion seems to be Resident Evil 4 remake is one of the greatest remakes ever. Because the thing is, like, wow, it it cut out stuff, but a lot of the stuff it cut out felt like fat, and it streamlined it, and it made characters interactions better, and it made like I mean, it removed a lot of the stuff. Like in the original game, like Diet I said, Resident the original Evil 4. <laughs> yeah, the original game was very. Um, sexist in in the in the way it presented its like female characters okay and you know i know there'll be people who complain like oh this game's gone woke or whatever but like to me as someone who can see that sometimes i can i can see how a game gets water or a game or a movie gets watered down because of contemporary uh you know trying to make it fit with the current day better but i don't get that with resident evil 4 because i mean the characters the girls still flirt with leon the girls are still cute and like dressed and really like, you know, cute clothing and like it's very like it's still very it's kind of it's still kind of a sexy game you know yeah. what I mean like Resident Evil Four, but there's just not comments about you know her boobs or looking up her skirt like there was in the original right. game which I'm sure. like it seems like that's a positive to not you know you could still have like a sexy flirtatious game but not have like the pervy kind of yeah, stuff. yeah there's comments and stuff like that that I wouldn't even enjoy myself these days when i'm a teenager yeah that's one thing yeah yeah because you're like a stupid it's like watching american pie when you're a teenager and you're like this is awesome and then you watch it as an adult and you're like "Eh." yeah yeah for sure (laughs) it definitely feels more like you know of its era Uh, also there's like there's like there's like a very big like in the original resident evil 4 the the term like american or like you filthy american are you americans is there a lot? And like 2005 is when the first Resident Evil Four came out, so there was like you know, you know the war, and you know, you know, 9/11 was four years prior, and like sure. George Bush was president, and like it very much feels like they were making, they had like undertones about America in the original, uh-huh. um, okay, and like, like you just they talk about America a lot, and then in the new one they don't really mention America at all, the remake, and so like there's. So like the the kind of political stuff seems kind of cut out, the okay. sexist stuff seems cut out, and the gameplay's smoother, the graphics are better, and the story's more streamlined, and the characters are more fleshed out. So you can see how well, it's yeah. tough to like it's tough to like love one or the other more because the new Resident Evil like, for instance, in the original, you know, you play as Leon and you're saving the president's daughter. Her name's Ashley. In the original, Leon's a character. Um, Basically, Ashley is just a cute, over-sexualized, annoying damsel in distress in the original. In this new one, she has a personality. She does stuff on her own. She doesn't whine as much. She's 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 a she's an independent character, and she builds like an honest relationship, not romantic, with Leon. So better character development. There's a character in the original named Luis, who kind of he's kind of there a couple times, and then he dies. And this new one, he's way more fleshed out, way more character. He's in extra scenes. Uh, that's another thing they do that's kind of interesting is like with this remake, they'll actually change some story elements. Like the broad strokes are the same. But like, for instance, in the original game, a character will get killed by this villain. But in the new game, that same character will get killed, but by a different villain. 
Mm. And it's like it's a remake, but it's like they literally changed that. Um, which is it's kind of interesting. It's so interesting seeing how like remakes are going in this this time we're in, where like the time of the remake. Because you have remakes where it's just like one-to-one. Like, we're trying to do the exact original game, no difference. As it shipped 10 years ago. As it shipped 10 ge- years ago. I was doing the hand gesture show. I had, yeah. <laughs> I had to make that. And then you have like the um, you have like the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake kind of remake where it's mm-hmm. like, we're changing this intentionally um, in big ways. And then you have like the Resident Evil 4 remake where it's like, we're not really changing much, but we're making little changes here and there. So it's like... I don't know what they would say the canon is for the Resident Evil storyline because what the same character died by two different people in the remake and the original. So which one's canon? I don't. Know, I guess they'd probably say the new one. Yeah. Um, that could irritate some people, but like they cut they cut one big noticeable boss battle out of the remake, but it was my least favorite boss battle of the original, so I was kind of cool with it. I mean, all the bosses are more fun to fight in the new one. Um, I don't know. The you new know, I know remakes so have this nasty, dirty stigma to them that people just don't like, and I, I do understand that to a degree. But like, it is kind of nice to see remakes like that doing well. And I like when I see you know mm-hmm. certain movies that do better sometimes. But because some of them try to play on the nostalgia factor, but then you, in case in point with Resident Evil Four, it sounds like they just streamline the best stuff from that from uh, the original, and then take yep. away the stuff that uh, is kind of outdated and stuff and didn't really work or was too much fluff, and they just gave you a a better experience and that's what you want. I mean, that's that's what anyone should want, I think, with those yeah. kind of things. So, And I mean, some of the some of the things that were moved made a lot of sense to me. Like, So I was playing the original Resident Evil 4 last night and I forgot there's this one part in the original game where you're going down a hallway and this gate opens up and there's two like zombie dudes driving this giant drill and they just start driving it down the hallway towards you and you got to run away from it. And I'm like... Doesn't really make sense why there's this giant drill machine in the middle of a castle that goes down a hallway, but like that's not in the original. They never answered. It's, it. it's not in the remake, you know. So, but it's there in the original, yeah. and they just moved a lot of the campy stuff. They moved a lot of the quick time events. Uh, they made it feel like a very much more like cinematic, contemporary experience. Uh, I kind of feel like I might like the new one more, but I'm not sure. I really do love the original still. But man, Josh, I think you'll enjoy the heck out of it. Um, it's just interesting the ways they've like. Yeah, when that one goes, well, does that have like any DLC or anything like that, like extra costumes uh, and stuff? No, no. But there's it's heavily heavily rumored they're going to release uh, a full campaign for Ada Wong DLC. Ooh, so. okay. So yeah, I'll have which, to wait for that it, complete edition, but that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be cool. Which and the thing is, it, it gets a pass luckily too, because so when the first Resident Evil Four came out, came out on GameCube only, and there was no Ada Wong campaign. Then it came out on PS2 a year later, and it came with an Ada Wong campaign on the PS2 version. So when they released the remake, they didn't put the Ada Wong campaign in there, but it didn't really upset people because like the original release didn't have it anyways. It was just the PS2 version. Hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so there's probably more DLC coming for that. That'd be cool. I released. saw a cutscene like where she's getting on the helicopter. I seen like the comparison between the original and yeah the uh, the remake. And dude, she looks great in the remake. Oh, dude, yeah, it's it's really they did such a good job. I like I like every character except one more in the remake. They made them all better. Who um, who's the one you don't like? Uh, I don't know if you you have you, well, I don't know if you'll remember from seeing or anything, but there's this in the castle. The main the main character, the main boss of the castle, is this little. He looks like a kid, but he looks old. He looks like an old man, but he looks like a kid. He's twenty years old, and his name's uh, Ramon Salazar. And uh, in the original. He looks and talks like a case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, basically, honestly, (laughs) Uh, he's really silly, and he looks like a little kid in the in the original. 
And in the new one, he's not as silly, and he looks he doesn't look like a kid anymore. So it really kind of changed my 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 person yeah, personality him. that character has kind of taken a little bit yeah and, and and you know the thing is too like very like in a metal gear solid way like the original every time you talk to someone like i've said this to you before every time you talk to someone like a screen comes up just like we're looking at right now where it's like mm-hmm. leon's on the right characters very on the left. metal gear solid like kind of yeah exactly yeah. and uh in the original all the villains hacked into your device so you would talk you'd have these like conversations like you and I are having right now would be between Leon and the villain and the villain would say something sure. like very villainous and then Leon would make fun of them like you know like I think he calls the main character a senior citizen in the in the original like and, and just you know stuff like that's like a that. bad thing the, gonna go everywhere and get a discount yeah right exactly um, but in this new one they remove those okay. and they try to do they try to work in the conversations that they had in the original in different ways because they removed the codex screen like for instance in the uh in the new one that little guy ramon i was talking about he has like megaphones placed in the like like auditor or like in the castle so he'll talk to you over the megaphones in the castle hallways so he can say some of the same things he said in the original but it's not face to face over a device like it was so little unique things like that uh, they'll have achievements that are named after voice lines that they don't have in the remake anymore, so you can still see. Nice little homage, yeah. Nice little homages, That's but yeah, cool. it's it's been a really good game. Definitely my game of the year so far, but the only thing it had for competition that I've played was Dead Space Remake. So Ooh. far, it's just two remakes. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Dead Space and Resident Evil objective subjective scores. Um, ooh, that's tough. I would say... Resident Evil 4, Objective 9, okay. Dead Space. Dead Space is a 9 or a 10. I like Resident Evil 4 a lot more than Dead Space. It's not even close. But Dead Space, I feel like all it did was add and improve and remove nothing. Oh, okay. Like, so it like gets the you, edge. There's really, no, there's really no reason to play the original Dead Space at all because anything it, there's nothing removed from the new one and the things that are different are worse than the original like like there's this one segment in the original dead space that was notoriously hated where they make you get on like a turret and shoot these asteroids out of the sky and the asteroids come the asteroids come at you so quick you have to be like pinpoint accuracy to not lose and in the remake instead of having you mount a turret and destroy them you get to go zero gravity outside of the ship and shoot them yourself. Oh, huh. And it's actually... It does sound fun. a little more fun, yeah. So, like, everything's better. So, I mean, Dead Space... I don't think Dead Spacey Space man. 1 has the remake. I don't know if it had any problems. So, as far as being faithful, the first Dead Space is, is better, but I, I It's enjoy. the edge objectively. What about subject? Yeah, I enjoy... Like, the thing is, like, if, if you played both, Josh, like, I think you'd be like me. If you, you'd walk away from Dead Space having no attachment to the characters or the universe... Sure. If you played Resident Evil 4, you'd walk away being like, dude, I like I like Wesker, I like Ada, I like Ashley, I think Leon's cool, Luis was cool. Like, there's characters, there's story, there's an atmosphere. Okay. Like, I could see myself reading up the lore. I, I I mean, I have. I have read up the lore on Wiki about Resident Evil, but not Dead Space. Dead Space is very, I don't know, to me it's kind of plain, but I don't know. Plain's not the right word, but it's just, it's not a, it's not a world I get invested in. Yeah, the um, lore doesn't grab you as much as Resident Evil's does. Yeah, no, Resident Evil, much, much better. But, uh, yeah, I love the remake. I'm playing the original again. They're both great. Uh, that's my game of the year so far. I wonder what it'll end up being my game of the year because 
the the games that have a potential to pass Resident Evil 4 are Tears of the Kingdom and Final Fantasy 16. And I'm not convinced that Final Fantasy 16 will like I'm sure I'm going to love it, but like I'm not convinced it'll be my game of the year because every Final Fantasy I've played that's not 7 has not hit me anywhere near as hard as 7 has. You know, I've played 13, 15. Do you feel like there's any triple A game that could be announced this year that hasn't been announced? To do, come out this year? Like, yeah, do you feel like there's any that coming out this year? Or, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Do you feel like there's any AAA uh, title that has not been announced that could be announced to for come this, out year this year? Or just, that uh, you would like potentially, you well, know, like if they announce, I mean, oh, hey, we're getting a new Mario game, for example. Could you be like, oh, that'll um, beat out Tears I mean, of the a new Mario game with like a new Switch at like you know, November could be a pretty big deal, but yeah. I'm probably still not going to like a new Mario game more than Resident Evil 4. I'm probably not going to like Starfield more than Resident Evil 4. Um, Spider-Man 2 is was reconfirmed to be coming out this year yesterday, Good. and that's that'll be a contender. Um, I don't think Final Fantasy 16 will, will probably. I, I don't. I, I might like it more, but I, I just don't know because, like I said, I played 13, I played 15, uh, I played seven original, which I love seven original, but 13 and 15 didn't do anything to get anywhere near my top games. Um, so I don't, we'll see what 16 does. Is 16 a day um, one buy, or are you still on the phone? Day one buy for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm a, I'm in now. I'm a Final Fantasy fan. Like I, I want to play them all as much as I can in time. It's just they're long JRPGs. Um, but Tears of the Kingdom is probably the most likely game of the year. But, I mean, as much as I love Breath of the Wild, uh, you know, Tears of, uh, Breath of the Wild is like my fourth or fifth favorite Zelda. So Tears of the Kingdom is a sequel to, you know, a, mid, a mid-level a mid Zelda for me as far as what's, personally goes. What's number three, right? I'm assuming it's Krana, or how was it pronounced? I always fuck that up. Yeah, so Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. Time. Ocarina That's of Time. my number one. Majora's it's Mask? Uh it's Twilight Princess. Then Twilight Majora's Princess, Mask. then Majora's. Okay. Th- then Wind Waker, and then number five would be Breath of the Wild. So. Did you play Link's Awakening on Switch? You played that one? Uh, I did play it. I do own it, but I lost interest. Never beat it. Okay. So. Definitely a different kind. Yeah. I, I well, I've you know, for some people this is like heresy, but like I've never been able to complete a two D game. I don't enjoy two D games really. You know, I just don't. Yeah. Like well, that's so. that's how I've been for the last like 20 years until now I mean, even mario like i've played probably 50 plus hours of super mario world but i've never beat it you know i just they never grabbed me as i get much, it but. didn't do it for me for 20 years that's why i was always like wanting to buy into the switch ecosystem and then i was just like there's nothing like breath of the wild didn't pull me in enough and i don't i was like i don't know what i'm waiting for but i'm waiting for it yeah and then uh now that i'm in all of it i see new super mario bros U or whatever it is and i'm like that's the one that I actually want to get next because it's the 2D. You know, when I'm yeah. playing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the type of stuff that I've actually missed. You know, you're sitting there like mm-hmm. banging on the ground to like, you know, break craze and you're jumping around with bananas or you're flying a little bit briefly. And uh, I, that's the stuff I've I've missed. But uh, I, for 20 years, I was not into that. I couldn't get into the, those types of I'm going to make games. a prediction that you'll never be Tropical Freeze because me and Erica could Well, see, you said it was it. hard. <laughs> I feel like I got pretty far in it i can't tell you where i left off at but i wasn't having too hard of a time 100 percenting it i'm sure i don't know let's just see how far you get does it get tougher as you go or something oh first it gets okay tougher well yeah yeah. we're in like the sixth or seventh world i'm guessing you're not that far oh i definitely don't think i'm that far yeah yeah Um, i'll be in for some uh, frustration then yeah for sure um 
but yeah, why don't you tell us about, so you've been playing, because you've having like a Nintendo renaissance, you've been playing uh, Mario Odyssey lately, so what do you think of Super Mario Odyssey? Yeah, it's funny guys, so when the Super Mario Brothers movie came out, I wasn't like, like I was interested in it, I definitely wanted to see it, um, not just for the aspect of uh, just loving to go to the movies, but because it's Mario, uh, but it wasn't until like coming out of it, and then wanting to play, it, it, like it gave me that same experience I used to get when I would come out of a, mo- a movie that would have a video game adaptation counterpart and I would go home and I would play the game. And so it was almost like taking the experience of being in that world for an hour and a half on the big screen and then jumping into the game and getting to experience it in a more expansive way. You know, something like Spider-Man 2 I always thought was fun because like, if you guys play the one on PS2, the movie license one, it has all these other characters like Shocker and Mysterio and adds them all into the bunch. And it doesn't take away from the core story. You still essentially get to play the movie story in the game, but all these other characters are added in to make it feel like you're playing the extended edition of the movie, essentially. Like Black Cat being in there, too. So I always kind of enjoy that stuff. But for Mario, I was like, man, watching the movie is like watching a game being played, and it just made me want to play. So I started playing a little bit of Super Mario Odyssey. And as this is happening in the Discord... Everyone's popping off because Nestor's just throwing uh, an enthusiasm party in there. So everyone's sitting there going, "Hey, I'm going to see it with my kids." Brian's like, "I'm going. I'm having a second showing with my wife and a couple other people." This person saying, "I just saw it." This other person saying, "Man, that was great." You know, everyone's going in there and, and going off, and it becomes like this Nintendo channel. Like we have a specific channel in there for Nintendo, but the whole Discord becomes like a big Nintendo yep. party, a big celebration. So the stars start to align. And I'm like, I'm playing Super Mario Odyssey, and I'm like, holy cow. Like, I bought a Switch last year, guys. I was telling Brian about this recently. So I bought a Switch last year, and I got Tropical Freeze. I got Super Mario Odyssey. Um, I got Mario Riving Rapids, and I think that was it for the time. Breath, didn't you have Breath of the Wild oh, at the beginning? Or? No, no, no. It was the, I got Breath of the Wild right around that time. We, had the, we did the ne- Nestor okay. episode. I can't remember which yeah, one it was yeah, now, yeah. but we, did, we had Nestor on. And... Anyway, now I have a couple more, like Luigi's Mansion 3, also because of Nestor. Uh, I got KOTOR. Um, but anyway, when I got it last year, I didn't really get swept off my feet. Like, I was playing it and having a good time, and I was like, man, this is cool. I own all three consoles now. You know, I just felt really good. I haven't I haven't had the trifecta in a while. Justin and Brian were always the people that I knew that always had the trifecta, usually like every gen, you know, but I just didn't. And now, like a year later... I'm like, man, I'm into the ecosystem. Way too late. Way too late. I'm here at the very end. It's like getting an Xbox One, you know, right when, <laughs> right when the Series X is about to come out. It's like, well, I guess in your case, it's a good thing they've taken forever to release the Switch too. Yeah. Well, better, better late than never too, right? I mean, it, it is pretty cool to um, play Breath of the Wild and see what people are talking about. See, because for me, it was like I, the thing I couldn't get my brain around with Breath of the Wild was the fact that like... It was a turnoff that, you know, every time I people would talk to me about that game or I'd read about it, they made the questing sound so aimlessly. And that didn't excite me because I wanted a sense of direction even if I go off and I, I roam. So the way it was phrased, it didn't get me going too much. But then as I'm playing it, it pretty much is just that. Like, but I get it now, you know, like it really is like, yes, there are the quests. You do have a sense of the main story, but... You can literally do anything, and the fun is in the exploring. The problem for me on the outside now that I'm, I'm seeing in hindsight is that I haven't played it. There's there's not a lot of games like this. The, the type of games they make like this have fluff. 
this game has stuff in there, but it all feels purposeful. And yep. that's the whole fun of the explore, uh, the exploration. That's the rewarding experience in it. So it's like when you told me beforehand, you were like, you know, you can see a gap and there's a, ca- like there's a chasm between you, you know, and you, you want to get across, you need to get across there, but you don't know how, but you see a tree. You're like, maybe I'll chop it. It'll let you do it. And you, bam, you go across and you're there and it yep. really rewards you for ingenuity. And not a lot of games do that. And yeah. I, that's got to be tough to to pull off dev wise, but uh, super fun. Uh, I really love going to the shrines in that game. Uh, super Mario Odyssey uh, has been a blast. I mean, just I feel like I'm getting you know I, I mean it's every Mario game at this point feels it seems like a, an extension or a spiritual successor to what Super Mario 64 kicked off. Yeah, but for sure. I'm having fun experiencing that, like getting to go to different worlds and them having their different themes. I mean, again, this also is going to sound super noobish for you guys that have played Nintendo for years, but um, going to the different worlds, like the Sand King, it's crazy. You start, you have like two different worlds initially, and they're just like almost like little tutorial sections. And then you get to the Sand Kingdom, and it's huge. Mm-hmm. It is gigantic, not just like on the surface, but below, above. And I was having a blast progressing through sort of i guess the narrative aspect if you will like getting to the top where i had to have my boss fight and then afterward then you can start to you can get on a this little like creature to fly around to get certain moons and you can hop on this other creature to like sprint around and whatnot but the one thing i love about super mario odyssey dude is like the boss fights super easy but anytime you die in that game it's not punishing they take away 10 coins and that's it and that's what that's exactly what I had missed for 20 years, but I needed to have it in front of me so I could realize that. Like, I yeah. needed to have it in my face. And I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of regretting, like, I, I that I've sat so long on uh, all these other, like, Nintendo consoles and games. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm into it. Like, the next time a Nintendo console comes out, I'll buy it day one. If not day one, I'll get it as soon as possible. But, like, I'm having a blast with Super Mario Odyssey. I'm. It's kind of crazy, dude. Like... I know how you guys know I like to dog Xbox for their exclusives, but I'll, I'll go ahead and throw Sony in this time too. Like for me personally, obviously everyone has their own preferences, but like even for me thinking that Sony has great exclusives, like you just don't top Nintendo's line of exclusives. Like Sony and Microsoft don't touch them to me. Like it's crazy. You get the Switch, which is like this outdated piece of hardware from the day it came out, and like games like Breath of the Wild. Super Mario Odyssey, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, Super Smash, Mario Kart, Metroid Prime. These are such high-quality games that are so original, and nothing else plays like them. Nothing else makes you feel that way. And they're all exclusive to Nintendo, and they just have such a lineup of games, and they just never... They just never run out, right? Like you never feel like you're you you don't have something new to play exclusive to a Nintendo platform, and it really no one no one makes you feel like you're having a special experience like Nintendo does. Like even if I get a, a PlayStation with my God of Wars and Horizons and Spider-Man's everything, it still very much feels like I'm playing the opposite side of the coin of the Xbox. You know, this it is does. this is the other Xbox. This is the other PlayStation. Nintendo's so the, much more casual and wholesome. It's got colorful yeah. characters. You don't Makes really you feel get like that a kid elsewhere. too, like yeah. more than anybody else can. Like it yeah. really brings it's felt childhood. it's like a come to Jesus moment with the Nintendo. There's like the best way I can describe it is for you guys who have, have you seen Step Brothers, Brian, or did you walk out? Yeah, of it? I've seen it. Okay, so there's there's this thing called the Catalina wine mixer in the movie, and the two lead characters go to this, but not as friends, and they basically reunite and they're catching up, and 
prior in the movie they were in a band and all this stuff right and well they were trying to be at least and it didn't go well they had a falling out and everything right so again they're, they're at this place they're at this big event and they're reuniting and the band that is there at this event uh quits so then they have to get up on stage they decide they're going to save this whole thing and they go up there and they, they're performing and it's cutting to all these different people in their lives that are just reacting and being so proud of them and will ferrell's brother played by adam scott in the movie it has this moment where he's, he's a dick throughout the whole movie, just a complete dick. But in this moment, as he's watching his brother out there perform, he flashes back to when he was little and he has his like brother like being nice to him and kind to him. And he has this moment where he starts to like laugh and cry at the same time. Like it almost takes the breath out, like the air out of him. And he starts clapping. And that moment is what it feels like for me playing Nintendo right now. It's like, you know, my first game I ever played was Super Mario Bros. on the original Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And I have not owned a Nintendo since that. I don't count the 3DS, which I do own because that's handheld. But uh, I, yeah, this is the first time. So it's it's like 20 years of Nintendo is new to me again. It's crazy. And it's fun. Yeah. And everybody grows up with Nintendo and Mario very much in the same way they grew up with Disney, right? Like they had, they yeah. give the same. I mean, Disney and Mario and, and Nintendo, they're the only only two companies that give off similar vibes. You know, like the the feeling of of, of growing up with those characters in that world through childhood, through teenage years, adulthood. You know, they're they're timeless. You know, yeah. they're timeless. You're never yeah. really too old to enjoy the Lion King or to play a Mario No, game. and I, that's where I used to be at, dude. I used to be that person that was like, especially as I was getting into watching movies, I was like, eh, I don't really want to watch too many animated movies. I wouldn't go to theaters for them. I didn't really think they were beneath me, but at the same time, I kind of did. Like, I was real, I was younger, and I just didn't care for that stuff. And maybe that was like the same thing with Nintendo. You know, I don't know. But now I'm at a point where like, I love all that shit. I'm watching tons of Disney flicks, and I'm playing Mario, dude. I'm having a freaking blast. Like, yep, this is gaming south, to me. Man. Like, as much as I'm enjoying Jedi Survivor, and as much, like, I love Star Wars night and day over Nintendo, anything Nintendo. Yeah, totally. But what I still really want to play, what I'm really hooked on, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm totally having a great that. time with it. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I mean, I, you and I are having a, a great time with, like, just, I mean, honestly, this is a, a good gaming period for us because we're just having enjoyable experiences. It, it seems like we're, I don't know, it seems like the pressure's off for some reason. I don't know what yeah. the pressure is, but it's just like, you know, I played because I, I guess I played Resident Evil 4 casually. It came out brand new, but I didn't like, you know, old Brian was like, and I'm not saying I'll never do this again. I'll probably do it with Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth or whatever. But like, uh, I took my time, you know, I played like an hour or two when it came out, played out a couple hours the next day, you know, and then, and then, you know, here I am playing the original Resident Evil and playing Portal with Erica, these older games. And then you've been playing Odyssey and then you got Jedi Survivor, but you don't feel like you have to, it's not like you were like, Brian, I can't do the podcast this morning. I got to play nonstop. Yeah. You know, it just, I don't know. We just don't think like that as much as we used to. I know that yeah. other people are, people got tons of time with Jedi Survivor. I'm way, I'm like an hour or two in, you know, but I, I'm not having that FOMO and that feels really yeah. good and that's new. So that's a good, a pretty good feeling. But yeah, man, it, yeah. it feels really nice, dude. Like, man, like, Real talk, Brian. Like, dude, I've uh, you know, even though I've been more into movies and stuff like that, this is the most like I've I feel like I've been into video games in like at least a year. So it's a really which good is film. cool because in December you were like not into them at all. You yeah, know? So I couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. It was tough. So yeah, um, super good. Josh, do you want to hear this uh, before we wrap up and get out of here? We got an awesome voice clip. You ready for it? Yeah, dude. 
Brian told me about yeah, this yesterday. I couldn't wait to hear yeah. it. It has been a long time since we have gotten a voice clip. Yeah, and this voice clip, I, I had to, because I wanted to make sure everything worked and, you know, all that. So I've heard it already. I, I listened to it at work, and man, did it put a big smile on my face. But this will be Josh's first time hearing it, and we'll, we'll let it play here. It so does. here we go. Put a smile. This is from our buddy, Irving TV. Uh, here we go. What up, Josh? What up, Brian? What up, Sacred Boys? This is Ira from iIrvin TV, Double I TV, whatever you guys want to call me, as long as it's nothing disrespectful, because if it gets yeah. disrespectful, um, oh yeah, I'm going to send Roland to your guys' house to take over all <laughs> the technology, just uh, to complain he all day, and also to show his butt booty cheeks. That's low. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I got my silent co-host, Stephen the Squirrel, with me. Say what's up, Stephen. <laughs> Say what? Team Kyle Kestis? <laughs> Yo, Steven, don't piss off Brian already. This is your first time talking to him. You're already ready to piss him off. Come on, man. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, though, I just want to say thank you guys. I just want to give y'all a shout out real quick. Hopefully, this clip ain't too long. I don't know what y'all talking about no. on this episode if y'all do play this clip out loud, but I just want to say thank y'all. Oh. Um, you know, I've been kind of inconsistent in the community, but I'm going to try to uh, make a comeback, try to be in the Discord more often. Um, yeah, y'all guys definitely do a lot, not only for me, but for the community as well. And what's funny is I actually started listening to y'all almost exactly a year ago uh, when I was working at Amazon. And that was funny is due to un unseen circumstances because I got a new job, but I had to go back to Amazon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and the thing is, now I'm listening to y'all again. It's just like it's coming in full, full circle. circle. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to thank y'all again. Y'all are definitely doing your thing. Um, also, I want to shout out to Photon real quick because I just listened to the episode when he told all his stories that he written since he was in middle or high school when Halo first came out. That was incredible, man. That was definitely incredible. You kind of remind me of myself a little bit, Photon. But I just want to throw that out there real quick. Just keep nice. on going, Photon. And also, Sacred Boys, just keep on going. Brian, Josh, keep on going. And other than that, do you have anything else to say, Steven? <laughs> what? Why would Josh want to see that? Why would Josh want to see Brian hump the wall with his butt booty cheeks? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite stories ever told. Yeah, I can definitely tell I listen to y'all a lot. So, but anyway, I'm going to end this right here because I know this clip is getting kind of long. Um, no, but man. yeah, hopefully I get to be on the podcast pretty soon, whether if I got to scrape up the money or hopefully I got that secret Santa program still going on. Hopefully, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> nah, but I just want to hang out with you guys and chat it up uh, whilst the opportunity Hell comes yeah, up. But yeah, I'm going to end it here. And as usual, promoting peace, Cayman, and Wings. <laughs> Dude. Dude, that what? was an awesome clip to have after so long. Oh, that? my gosh, man. Dude, oh man, and the the butt cheek story, dude, is my, my favorite. Cheeks. That is like my, my booty cheeks. There's like like top three stories that Brian has ever told me. It's it's the butt cheek hump in the wall. It's uh, him getting the Xbox, uh, the the original Xbox in his trunk or in the trunk of his dad's car. Yeah, and then uh, probably just when Brian gets to retell the story of like telling me about Halo 4 and getting kind of sweeping me up in that world but Brian's got a ton of funny stories so uh, uh but anyway man yeah, what a clip yeah. what a clip man 
such a good I, dude. He's so well spoken, and honestly, dude, I, I, we would we would love to to talk to you on the podcast. Yeah, we'll see if we can fun. figure something out, man. Uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, I I know that uh, the Secret Santa in question, um, this person has. Oftentimes, they'll uh, how do I put this? They'll, they'll they'll give us a backlog of like here's some fundage for um, for future uh, mm-hmm. Secret Santa stuff. So I don't know uh, if we have our commitments filled up in the queue, or if there's something available there, or whatnot. Or, but uh, we'll 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 see. But I'm sure that'd be a lot of fun. That would uh, be dude, a blast, dude. Your clip, like I know this is my second time hearing it. This is Josh's first, but I was at work and I checked the email. I never expect anything to be there, and I was like, oh, we got a clip from Irving TV, and I listened to it. And man, dude, you put the biggest smile on my face while I was at work that day. I was just laughing like every time you did the the, the, the skit that you did with your yeah the doo 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 yeah that was uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, the butt booty cheeks was hilarious. Right. Um, that you mentioned in Cal Kestis, which is actually super on topic for this episode that we're doing. You didn't even know it. Um, so it's so funny. Isn't it's it ironic? It's funny that like. We have so many like in in Sacred Icon universe jokes that you know, I think most people who are around enough get that they're jokes, but I do worry sometimes, mainly for me, not Josh, that I that I hammer them too hard. I don't want to upset people cuz you know, I joke I make jokes about Calcestis, I make jokes about Roland. Uh, I've made jokes about Maggie Gyllenhaal and uh, Dark Knight, and uh, you know, they're all in, they're all in good fun. Ryan, it was um, you know I told you my coworker was listening to that Dune episode we did with Jeff recently. Yeah, and he told me I was I came into the aisle at work one night and I was like, uh, "Did you finish the episode? What's your thoughts?" And he was like, "No, I'm at the part where you guys are giving Brian shit for hating on Maggie Gyllenhaal." And I was like, "Man, <laughs> Brian tried every single way he could." To get around saying that she just isn't attractive, and and the more he tried to go around that without made saying it, it directly, it just made it worse, and it made it so funny. Yep, yep. And I and and my my wife, who is like, you know, does obviously as she shouldn't. I don't either, but like you know, my wife doesn't like anything you know, sec overtly sexist or anything like that. When she found out that we have Maggie Gyllenhaal's face as the emoji for <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> In the Discord, she was like, "That is so horrible." That Maggie <laughs> Dude, I, Gyllenhaal's you know, face. I think it's good though, man. Like, I I see you, you know, making the jokes and stuff you do when you do in the Discord, and I just think it makes me like realize like we're just at that point where we've done this so long enough that we're yeah. comfortable and and more solidified. Like, if I go in there and I'm like, "Oh, I'd let Amelia Clark fart on my balls," then it's like people just kind of know that's me now. And Last time you said that, that, that so easy, like, really you do that, I see that. And I'm like, like, we're just that. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no I, I, I mean that's the thing is like i'm gonna get real for a split se- i'm gonna get real for a split second but then after that i'm i'm not gonna i'm gonna go back to normal so cast to take it, out it real for what it is again. but you know R- R- roland isn't that egregiously horrible how <laughs> Kestis is a perfectly is a perfectly acceptable character for star wars and maggie gyllenhaal is a good actress who did a good job i am not attracted to her that part's true but uh you know I don't even know where the role. These are mostly started, just dude. jokes. I remember making the song. These are mostly but just. Yeah. I don't remember where any of that started prior. Yeah, I'd have to go back. But and... on another note, Roland is awful, and Calcast is what we were thinking. <laughs> See? See, hey man, thanks so much for sending that clip in, dude. And no, that wasn't too long. That was amazing. Uh, loved hearing that. Made us feel super good. And 
got huge smiles on our faces. And, and, and dude, it would love to podcast with you sometime, man. If we could make that happen, absolutely, dude. Uh, but yeah, dude, I hope things are going great with your job. Thank you so much for saying yeah, that. I made my day. I know Amazon sounds like it sucks, but I'm glad you know we're in your ear and keeping you company, man. And uh, we appreciate that a ton. That means a lot. So thank you. It just reminds me, I was watching Parks and Rec yesterday, and it was the episode where uh, Leslie and Ben decide they're going to get married at the Met, at the gala event, and, and Jam shows up drunk. Oh, Councilman Jam? I don't mean to brag, but I have irritable bowel syndrome. Yep, I know. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, him. <laughs> Councilman Jam shows up drunk, and he throws he stink bombs. Yeah, he throws stink bombs on the ground, and they're like, where did you even get those? And he's like, Amazon, baby. I'm a Prime member, and I'm just like you, idiot. <laughs> Dude, I loved you know, him so. when he came on board. Yeah. I was he's, I, yeah, he's awful, but he's he's also was great, it season so. five he comes in? I think so. Okay, because that's like five. my favorite. Season four or five was my favorite. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got jammed. Yeah, I love his lines. Um, but uh, Josh, you mind if I go into the business so we can get out of here? Yeah, buddy, go for it. Let's here do we it. go, um, guys. If you want to uh, give monetarily to the podcast, you can go to Patreon.com. Slash sacred icon. Uh, it's for low as a dollar a month. We will shout your name out in the podcast, which we're about ready to do. Um, you can be on the podcast. There's lots of different things there, uh, rewards or, or benefits for being a patron member. We appreciate that. If you guys want to leave a review on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to the podcast, that would be great. But ultimately, guys, we just uh, appreciate you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you want to come join the Discord, anyone is welcome. We have a Discord link at the top of our Twitter page. Uh, you can go to Twitter at Sacred Icon Pod, or you can follow Josh at Jedi Knight Joshi. I am no longer on there anymore, if you guys haven't noticed, which has been kind of crazy. But uh, yes, yeah, so you can just find me at the Discord and, and the email. I'm waiting for the day someone's like, around. yeah, that Sacred Icon account isn't isn't ran the same. It's not as good. Where are you at, Brian? Come I say, it's not the same as it used to be. It's something different there. So No, uh, no. But, uh, it's going to be funny. The audio yeah. has, or I mean, the, the video audio has been a little bit spotty in this recording. It's going to be funny to go back and listen. And just hear if like there was any awkward silences. That I think there's a couple times where we talked over each other. That's for sure. Yeah, that's but possible. Because it's freaking like a million Clark on my balls, and then you, it's just dead silence for like a minute. <laughs> or it's just like <laughs> like you say that, and then I'm just at the same time. I'm like, I want, I'm craving lasagna. I'd be like, whoa, why you get this? that's weird. Oh, I'm uh, hungry all but, the time. Uh, if any of you guys have a voice clip or an email you'd like to send, just send that to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Josh, I'm going to go through these names, and I know I've never said this to you before, but I'm going to go quick, Josh. Try to no, keep first up, first time man. I've ever heard it. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> we got our boy Trickster. Thank you so much. Jacob Nyrene, Death Ghost, Chris Denton, Installation 00, Bobus Feed, Deante Ombre, Wesley Eden, Armad, Sparkies, Hocus Locus, Dark Chaos 580, Blind Valkyrie, Simon Eddie Albino, I Irving TV, I'm like a bird and I'm true, Jason Bird, AJ's Dank, Ian Rucker, Daruk. What's that mean, Josh? Daruk? Which make you say? It's Daruk. There it is. It's the rebel. He's not a rebel. He's a saint. Shin Rebel. Shin Rebel. We got Ascending from the Ashes, Born Anew, Irish Phoenix. Making dope memes. so much. We got not the dab, but the dab. Jared Hartley, Armad Small Print, and Armad Aaron, Colton Pittman, Sacred Staple, Rodan, Butter My Waffles, Nerva, ACDC Outlaw, Anthony Dorsey, Caleb Webster, Chris Greco, Mako, have you seen my Greco? Chris Greco, Tony, Mustard Chief, not the Queen Grunt, the King Grunt, Josh, I uh, I feel like I'm, I can't see, oh wait, that's just Aries, your 430's mustache, <laughs> there it is, we got the Montana Menace, Green Plumber, Joshy Big Boy, NASCAR Thunder 2003 Enthusiast, Ryan Barca, Dustin Mondre, Anthony Nicolosi, Corey Hanks, Armad Preanchu, 
Ian Big Dog Mills, Photon, KN Nick, who says, hey, this podcast is quality. Keep going. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. We got Trevor Polky, the ladies' man. We got the Shipley's Better Than the One Division couple, the OG Halo podcaster, Dust Storm. And finally, Josh, we have... The man who saw Justice League knew it needed more and is, is seeing stuff online starting to say, you know what? I, I think this Flash movie is going to be pretty good. It's Matthew Salvatore. Matthew there, Salvatore. there it is, guys. Thank you Thank so you much so for much. your patron you know, support. In this era where we don't do Halo stuff as much, it is really nice to see the patronship just up higher than ever. Uh, your guys' support means a ton. I mean, even Brian reading through that list has to go fast because there's just so many now. It's just too much. It's too yeah. much. It's just too much. Too much. No words. No words. No um, words. But yeah, guys, of course, we're still going to talk about Halo and stuff like that. But uh, lately, we've been able to expand our horizons and still be as supported as we've ever been, which has been amazing. So we appreciate you guys. Means Thank you lot. so much. Love you guys. For listening to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred.